I stood in the doorway to the all-night drugstore, watching for Pa to come out. It had rained just around the time it got dark. The sidewalk was still wet, and the water was soaking into my socks from the holes in my shoes. I'd put cardboard over the holes before I went to school that morning, but it had worn out where the holes were. I wish I had sense enough to ask Pa for some money before he went out. I should have known he had some. I wouldn't have found out either, but Lulu saw him counting some bills just before he went. If I'd known about it, I'd have gotten some of it off him. A buck, maybe. Half a buck, anyway. With a half a buck, we'd have had supper. You could get a fair-sized bucket of rice and fried pork from the Chinamans for half a buck. Enough for me and Lulu, anyway. And even Ma, if she ever woke up. Oh boy, I could taste that rice and fried pork, and smell it, too. I loved going to the Chinamans, for it always smelled wonderful in there. Pork and chicken and onions and all those spicy things. It was like breathing a Christmas tree. I wish I dared go into the saloon and hit Pa up for some money, but I knew better. I'd done it once, and he'd picked me up, carted me outside, and belted me across the puss. Then he told me what a lot of nerve I had to show him up in front of his friends like that. So I stood in the doorway of the drugstore, waiting for him to come out, and hoping that he'd have some money left when he did. The saloon was called the Golden Eagle, but there wasn't anything golden about it. Just a ratty old dump with about ten years worth of dirt on the windows and the gold all flaked off the eagle except in the eyes, which were deep-set and out of the weather more than the rest of it. I'd only been inside the place just that one time, but I'd peek through the window often enough looking to see if Pa was inside. They had an old guy playing the piano and a girl in boots and a short skirt who got up and sang sometimes. I thought about crossing over and looking in the window to see if Pa was getting ready to come out, but I decided not to. It might show him up again, and then there wouldn't be any hope of getting any money out of him so I went on standing there, watching the sights. The district wasn't an ordinary neighborhood. It was special, for it was filled with saloons, gambling joints, dance halls, and the parlor houses where the whores were. There was always plenty to see in the district. Even after dark, horses pulled wagons thumping along the cobblestones. Here and there among them were motor cars, more than you were likely to see in other neighborhoods, for the swells liked to drive into the district and have some fun. Every few minutes, a trolley car went through clanging its bell, stopped in front of me, and let people off and on. Along came a big cop, his buttons all shined up, his badge polished, swinging his billy like he was boss of the place. I was afraid of the cops, even though I hadn't done anything wrong. They were running dogs for the plutocrats, Charlie O'Neill always said. Charlie's pa was treasurer of the Brotherhood of Bricklayers Local Number 12, and Charlie was always fired up against the plutocrats.